Welcome to the Church Planning Conversations podcast. My name is Carson Daniel, and I'm the coordinator for the Center for Church Multiplication. And I'm here today with Jennifer Miller, who works with me in the CCM. I'm the administrative assistant for the CCM and get to help uh, Carson with a lot of our different projects and um, assist the director. Great, great. Uh, well, we wanted to let you all in on this episode. Uh, actually, an idea that our current acting director, Emilio Alvarez, had is for us to introduce ourselves a little more as a church planning team and uh, also just be able to share who uh, we are excited to meet and get to know and everything going on in the CCM right now. Um, and so we're just going to dive into this conversation. We invite you guys to uh, just listen in and enjoy. So, Jennifer, mm-hmm. uh, we first first off, just for everybody to know, so we actually share an office, if any of you all have visited us uh, in uh, the Beeson Center, Beeson International Center, here at Asbury in Wilmore. And uh, it's, you know, sometimes a little bit awkward sharing an office uh, because we don't have a wall in between us, um, but I'm really glad to have Jennifer with us. And so, Jennifer, just to open us up, uh, what is uh, maybe a few things you're most passionate about or things that you find yourself doing uh, just on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis? Okay. Um, well, I'm most passionate about family. I'm a mom of five, so um, I find a lot of identity in that. And then, um, and you know, just raising the family, pointing them to the Lord, um, just um, finding um, just kind of who I am is directing them to the Lord and then all the people that come into my home, in and out of my home, around my kids. Um, and then what I love also is just about this role in um, being a servant, being a servant to my team, being a servant to the director, being a servant to the people that we serve in um, all our programs with our fellows and our grant matching recipients. So um, I have a servant heart and I'm a connector. So I love connecting people too. Yeah, yeah, you are definitely a connector <laughs> for sure. I know when we first started working together a little bit um, as you were in the other role here, also in the Beeson Center. Yeah. Um, any time I had a question, any time I needed to, you know, figure out something, I, I know I could always go to you, and that was something that even my <laughs> predecessor was able to do, right. um, and so we're really thankful to having you in the CCM uh, now. And so uh, just kind of a segue off of that, I could share a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. Um, so stuff I'm passionate about, obviously passionate about church planting, uh, passionate about uh, really missiology. I've, I've started to dive into that. I've changed my degree here at Asbury, I think about five times. Yes. Uh, so hopefully that's the last time. <laughs> I changed to the MA in Intercultural Studies and really have been enjoying that. Um, but beyond that, I just welcomed, um, as you know, um, mm-hmm. our latest child, uh, Moses, into the world, our new son. And so my time's been very well occupied with that. And so very passionate about my family as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, I'd say kind of as a side note, uh, I really love uh, contemplative authors and even that kind of approach to church planting. I think Mm -hmm. there's um, oftentimes in missiological world, you'll hear the terminology, you know, double listening. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because in my classes, I kept thinking about that term and kept like exploring that and I'm curious about that, and I didn't even know it was a thing. I, d- I didn't know that, okay, listening with one ear to the Holy Spirit and then listening the other ear in the culture or the world was actually something that a missiologist did. So, uh, so it was cool to learn that, and so it's, that's something I'm also passionate about as we continue to work with our fellows 
and our grant matching recipients. And we are so thankful also for everybody uh, listening that we, this year we've, we've had an overwhelming number of applications and we're just really thankful that we're able to uh, continue welcoming more fellows in uh, thanks to some generous donors and we're looking forward to engaging with you all uh, more very soon. So, yeah. Uh, so, as a side note, um, and sounds like you went somewhere delicious to eat last night. Yes. Um, but what is your favorite food? Uh, maybe that's two separate categories. It's like favorite restaurant, favorite meal at a restaurant, um, and favorite food. Um, that could all be one thing, but I know for some people it can be different. But what would you say uh, yours are? So um, I should have said earlier what I'm passionate about is food um, because I do yes. love to eat and <laughs> I love to go out to eat. I love to cook. Um, but we, I had, a, I had an answer to my question earlier uh, a couple days ago, which actually changed last night because we went to the OBC Kitchen, which is um, kind of a, a newer favorite for people here in Lexington. It's, I don't know how old of a restaurant it is, but um, it, uh, I just felt like I, I have the expression a party in my mouth because of all the flavors <laughs> and that was kind of the thing last night with the meal we got like three different appetizers we got three different entrees and we shared them all that's kind of my favorite thing is to just try different things mm -hmm. um, and uh, but I always lean to a little more maybe Latin inspired things so um, I love uh, another restaurant Corta Lima in Lexington where they have a pork belly taco with um, jalapeno honey salsa which is delicious. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, lots of flavors, so and I love spice. So, um, how about you? What is one of your favorite places or foods to eat? Yeah, that is a tough one. I think if I were going to say in this area, uh, you, well, I might give more than one answer, but so best burger in central Kentucky mm. is IGA Grocery in Wilmore. Really? Uh, so I used to be a cook at a restaurant, cooked burgers a lot, been a big burger aficionado for a long time. Um, but surprisingly, right down the street from us at IGA, one of the best burgers I've ever had. Um, so that I would say that's high on my list. Also, it's you know a good go-to is Bella Note. Um, so some of that's the environment and that just the wonderful pastas mm -hmm. and creative desserts and everything. I always love that. Um, but if I was going to expand wider than here, um, I really love Hudson's Seafood on the Docks in Hilton Head, South Carolina. I've okay. um, been going there for a really long time. Uh, Neptune's Seafood Platter uh, with pan sauteed, but get the oysters fried. Uh, that's, that's the way to do it. Get a you know, cup of gumbo. Um, and then also Mama's Fish House in Maui, um, Hawaii, which is like a very very fancy restaurant where like celebrities go but um, my family was able to go there one year wow. and so that was a huge blessing but just I, I you can tell I love seafood yes um, and so sometimes in Kentucky I'm a little bit like ah, oh, where do I go because um, you can definitely get a great burger yeah. um, but you have to search a little bit to find the seafood so yeah. making me hungry talking about all these yeah things. <laughs> yeah. yeah thankfully we're in the morning, in the morning. We'll, we'll, we'll a little bit of time to <laughs> wait <laughs> so um, and so just to segue and talking about the CCM and all mm -hmm. the work we get to do. Um, and for everybody who doesn't know, uh, Jennifer was very sought after here at the seminary and still is. We have to kind of tell people, no, she works with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so people came headhunting for you, um, but we really wanted you to come work in church planning and that door opened up for you to come. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to come work with us as opposed to other things that are also exciting going on at the seminary? And around this area, but what made you decide to come here? Um, 
There are a lot of factors, I guess. One being it was kind of, um, when I came, I came last July, and that was kind of the start to um, the CCM. We had a name change, um, kind of the structure changed. Um, and so I like new things. Um, I don't like staying in the same thing. Um, and so that was one thing that was really appealing. And then just the team approach that the CCM has, I really appreciate. Um, I love uh, I love working um, collaboratively. Mm. Um, and so I noticed that just being in my other role, I had the ability to interact with um, with the Church Planting Institute at the time, yeah. um, just kind of um, seeing that collaborative approach and um, really appreciating that. Um, and then I had some people talk to me about all the different programs previously and it just seemed um, not as academic. Um, there are a lot more mm -hmm. um, things as far as co-curricular and then working with the public um, church planters and, and interacting with uh, people that are in, you know, the fellows in the grant matching program and being a connector, like I already alluded to, um, I could kind of see where the strength of that I would be able to use in my role um, in the CCM. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that's uh, that's good. I definitely, I think when I first it tar started talking with you and you were thinking about joining the CCM, I felt like it fit mm -hmm. in large part because to me, church planting is like the missionary work of the existing church in the West. Yeah. Um, which, if that makes sense, it's yeah. kind of, um, not, I mean, it is the cutting edge, it's all the things people talk about, um, but it's almost like if you get bored in yeah. your typical church setting um, and you live in the West, then church planning is kind of the thing. Yeah. Um, and so I felt like, it felt like you fit kind of that, like, well, you're already living as a missionary life, mm -hmm. you're already living, like, mm -hmm. holistically as a Christian, and so stepping into church planning world is like, oh, these people are like me. Yeah, and the and entrepreneurial part, too, Yeah. in yeah. that I've always... As I, after I came to Asbury and had more interaction with the church planting department, it was seeing church planters as the entrepreneurs in ministry and the risk that is involved in starting a church and wearing many hats and thinking outside the box. Um, my husband and I have been involved in businesses our whole married life doing different things. And so um, the more I learned about church planters, I was just like, oh, wow. And so actually I had never thought about church planting. And then after I started in the role here, I was kind of like, hmm, Lord, what are you doing? Are you planting the seed? Um, hmm. So that was that was really neat too. Yeah, yeah. Church planting in the future. Yes. I definitely could see it. Uh, not long, right. uh, possibly. So yeah. great, great. Well, I think you had a question for me. I did. Um, so That's right. <laughs> let's so, hear it. Um, you know, I had worked with actually your predecessor, um, just because it was team approach, and uh, I'm a shout connector. Shout out to Dylan. Shout out to <laughs> Dylan. That's right. Love Dylan. Miss Dylan. Um, but so glad you're in the role. And um, so I was curious for you now that you've been here two years, right? Is yeah, that? almost two years. Okay. Yeah. Um, how would you say that um, your view of church planters has changed from when you first started mm -hmm. in this role to uh, today? Yeah, well, that's a great question, I, and I <clears throat> gave it some thought since we did come a little more prepared with these questions. Um, I I think it's in large part I, I don't see church planters as rock stars anymore, mm -hmm. um, which may kind of knock some church planters down a couple pegs. Um, but I I think um, it, we need to get in the business of seeing church planning as ordinary. Mm. and realize that that kind of missional, like, 
you know, full weight, uh, you know, fully Christian in the world and holistic integrated discipleship is just normal. Mm -hmm. And I think when I first came in, um, having been in the local church, served in local church, and I had met a few church planners, engaged with some of them, um, and started a couple things, but I really hadn't had a fuller picture um, until I actually was in uh, Dr. Phil Meadows' class, his uh, missional formation class, and, and really felt like that was starting to piece some things together. And then, you know, working in the CCM, I started to see that, you know, um, if, if church planting and to be a church planner becomes extraordinary, then that is kind of a health indicator of the church. Um, that really church planting and that kind of multiplication should just be normal. Um, and that, that actually took the pressure off for me. It helped me realize that I could actually plant the church. Um, and you know, I've been blessed to help start this men's group and there's some other stuff I've worked on um, that has, I think, given me more permission to realize like it actually really is the mustard seed kind of movement as opposed to, I think the image I had of church planners was like, um, basically, if you're not like the Apostle Paul, like exactly like a Paul, then you can never plant a church. And I'm thankful that now I know that's not actually true. I do think you have to have, you know, people talk about the apest gifting and everything, and it is important that you have some apostolic gifting. Uh, but what to degree you have to have an apostolic gifting, I actually think is less than what I thought. I think uh, if, if there's faithfulness, like there's, there's church planners I've met that their personality has not like screamed a church planner to me. You know, they're not like the rock star, you know, person. Um, they may not even be the most like charismatic or anything like that, um, but they've planted tons and tons of churches um, they're bold in their faith, they're prophetic, you know, and so I would say for me that's like been a big shift um, and I do think it still takes incredible work, incredible faith, um, incredible faithfulness, so it's not to diminish that, it's just to realize that, um, kind of like I said earlier, that if, if you are bored in the kind of standard way of doing church, then, you know, for some people, especially people my age, I think they need to hear that don't give up your faith. Mm -hmm. Instead, maybe there is something more and that it actually is the ordinary life of discipleship um, that we're all called to live. And it's not just you know, for super Christians or you know, this kind of thing. So, so I would say that's, that's a big thing I've learned um, and still trying to see what else you know, there is to learn and what God has to teach. But that's, I would say that's pretty high up on the list is just sort of bringing things down to earth a little more. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, really yeah. good. It makes me think about, you know, all the church planting stories that, you know, we have with the fellows and the grant matching candidates that we've been interacting with as we're um, getting ready to um, review all of those applications. But then looking back at this past year and all the people that we've gotten to know that are church planters mm -hmm. that, um, you know, they're, they're people that feel like us, right? They're, like you said, it's not like they're rock stars now. They are, yeah. to a degree, of course, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, just because they're encountering a lot of obstacles and a lot of things that we've been able to hear their stories and watch them overcome mm -hmm. all the different um, things, especially one of our church planters that's walking through some really hard, oppressive things in one of the big, big cities here in, in the United States. But 
made me think about some really cool stories that we've heard about church planters. Um, one in particular for me um, that we've gotten to know, you and I both have gotten to know um, uh, this woman that lives out west and is a church planter. Um, and being a woman, I love the fact that she's the lead pastor and she's mm -hmm. starting this church. But one of the stories that she told um, recently when she wrote in kind of her final reflective summary of, uh, of the program was um, a woman in her congregation that um, is a single mom, lives um, at the poverty level, and um, oftentimes was a, was a recipient of their programs and resources from the community. And um, she had driven her home, I guess, one night after church with, uh, with her kids, and um, they were looking for another meeting location, actually. And when she drove her home, she noticed that they had a clubhouse in their apartment complex. And so she had inquired about that clubhouse, if that was something as a potential place that they could meet. And, um, and she was like, as a matter of fact, it is. <laughs> and so I, she went in that evening and talked to, I guess, the manager of the apartment and, um, and reserved the space, signed a contract for them to use it on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. now helps set it up, gets it ready for their meetings, and then has even been where people in their community come to service. And so it's become an area of outreach for them. And, and such a cool thing for her to say, I have something to give. Mm. You know, we don't always have monetary things, but we do have, all have giftings and have resources that we can give to our community. So that was a really cool story that she shared with us about um, something out of their church. Mm. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, and I think that's, and that's the kind of stuff in just the life of the church. I mm -hmm. think people connecting that to church planting and realizing that's what it is yeah. um, and demystifying it a little bit, I mm -hmm. think can help to yeah help people know that they are actually welcome yeah. to bring their gifts and because I think so often in kind of your typical church environment uh, it's kind of and I'm, I know I've experienced this and um, it it's, was very strange when I first experienced it is almost like the church has sort of figured it out and we're good you know like mm -hmm. either either that's because uh, the professional pastors or maybe they just have a really close knit um, team of leaders and but it seems like if you have gifts where do you get to offer those right um, and the cool thing with church plants is they have so many places to plug people in one because they have a high need but I also yeah. think that's also just a reflection of how they disciple people mm. is they actually know how to hand things to people at the right time and yeah. let them grow in kind of that gifting and stuff and so yeah so I love yeah. that that's there's a lot of stories mm -hmm. um, like that too that are Pretty exciting to hear. Um, so, well, uh, let me uh, just consult my uh, <laughs> my magic questions here. Um, so, what what are the hopes that um, you have for the Center for Church Multiplication mm -hmm. um, as it stands? And obviously, right now we're in the middle of a director search. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's we're we're making some moves and mm -hmm. and seeing what's going to happen. Um, but what are kind of your hopes as we look forward to, we'll say both the CCM, but then also just as we look around the world and maybe specifically here in North America, what kind of things are you hopeful for? Well, um, my word of the year is impact. So we pick a word of the year in my family and my word this year was impact. So um, as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, within the CCM, my hope is, um, and even what we've been doing this past year, um, is these creating these foundations and these structures for um, for all the different programs we have, um, and so 
what my, you know, as I think about how we're creating good processes and good structures, even within our fellow and our grant matching programs, as we looked back this past year and what are different things that we can do to improve, um, you know, we're dreaming about more global hubs, more places around the world that we can have similar programs that we can. So as we, as we develop good foundations and good structures, then that makes it more duplicatable in other mm -hmm. places. And so thinking what a great impact that will be that we can multiply our efforts. And so if we have great structures in place, we can just keep doing that. We can do it um, here in the United States, around the country, um, hosting different gatherings because we'll have a good structure to do that. And then we can train um, our global hub leaders around the world to do that same thing. And um, with, the, with the donors that we have that are asking us to, um, to help brainstorm and, and dream and, um, and look at different contexts that we can do that. Um, it's been really exciting. So that's what I, I look forward to doing is, and then as we have a new director, that person having that vision and that ability to just help us advance that and build on what we've already done. Yeah, yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I definitely think that um, one turning the page with uh, Asbury, thinking mm -hmm. about a new director coming in, um, but I think it's, one of the, I love, there's a book title that I've, it, I really the book I kind of didn't read. I was supposed to read it in my <laughs> undergraduate, but you know how that goes, um, is uh, The Prophetic Imagination. Mm. Uh, it's actually an art book that I read some of, um, like I said. and uh, But I love that because I think it takes prophetic imagination to think mm. about um, even for us, like very contextual, just our department here mm -hmm. at, you know, one of the best seminaries in the world. Um, and then also thinking about um, how that looks around the world and seeing how the church is at work. Yeah. Um, and I think it is, you know, we live in a time that's, it's easy to get doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to get discouraged. And I know we've got a lot of church planners that are dealing with a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, a range of different things from financial stress to, you know, cultural pressures to just learning how to disciple uh, the squirrely sheep as they are. <laughs> um, but I think it is it is special to have that prophetic imagination um, to keep seeing that. And I feel like a tangible way, almost like a sacramental way that you see that happening is, is then, you know, something like what we have with the global hubs and even thinking about how, how can we multiply these things is we're, we're trying to look down the road yeah. and and build these connections and build these relationships. Um, so that is really exciting, um, that's for sure. And I know for me personally, uh, I'm excited to see more churches, uh, existing churches too. Uh, and you know, a big part of what we do is remissioning. Right. Working with churches that are, you know, they've been around for a long time, uh, or maybe they're even just past that church planning point. Um, I'm excited to see more of those churches that are open to a little yeast that works through the dough yeah. uh, or that mustard seed. You know, they've got a leader that they're raising up in their congregation um, that is a man or woman that is excited about what God's doing and that those congregations can bless that and watch maybe it's something within their congregation change and then something multiply and birth out of that. Yeah. Um, because I think you know, we talk a ton about church planting. We talk about church multiplication kind of in the more church planting-y way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think a lot of existing churches are going to catch this fire of the Holy Spirit to be willing to 
release and bless. And, you know, as generations get older, for them to just really kind of do the apostolic blessing uh, component. Um, and so that's something else I think I, I ponder on when I think about, um, you know, this kind of coming wave of, of new churches for a new world. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, and may, as you're talking, it, I did think about the remissioning component, which we don't often talk about, but that is um, something that we, we often get asked, you know, what do we have for churches that um, are, are needing support? Maybe there's some churches that are really struggling. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's one thing that you had helped to work on was like an assessment thing for remissioning and, as, and then also coaching. I don't think we talked about that, which um, having, uh, creating, creating a coaching, uh, developing coaches and creating more, um, developing some coach training and then pairing people up with coaches that maybe they're even the pre-launch of a church plant or they're past our phase of being um, in the requirements for the fellow program. Maybe they're three to five years out, but um, how important is that, that to bring someone alongside the church planters to um, get the support that they need? So, um, you know, what, what's maybe an assessment that you did that you could talk to, which I think would be helpful for people to know uh, some tools that we have? Yeah, so, um Probably one of the biggest things is if you're, you know, watching this or listening to this, uh, is is to visit remissioning.com uh, and and just explore and 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 go through and visit um, what we have to offer there. But also just on our website, we've got uh, multiple different ways um, that uh, you can engage if you just want to have an intake with coaching. Uh, so you want to get in touch with us too. Uh, and then, of course, on our website, we have our EQ assessment, which is more of a church planner assessment. But uh, I think one of the biggest things is it also helps kind of identify those strengths and weaknesses as how, how to move forward. Um, and so I, I would actually say, you know, to your point on it is mm -hmm. um, probably the best thing for people to do is for them to get in touch with us directly. Yeah. Um, I think that that's one of the biggest things I wanted to make sure to say mm -hmm. is that we're available. You know, our team is here. Uh, we would love to get in touch with you and connect. Um, and so just in, on that same note, as we're getting ready to close out the podcast, um, Jennifer, what would you say to church planners, pastors, church leaders um, that, that you offer personally from our department, but also uh, kind of what's your prayer for them? Yeah, um, I think, well, we're connectors, and Carson likes to talk to people in person and on the phone. We've, we've been joking <laughs> yeah. about that recently. Less so on Zoom these days. Less on Zoom, that's right. <laughs> but, you know, we'd love to host people to come and, and meet with our team, come have coffee. We have a great coffee shop down the street. Um, but I think just that we are available, and we want to be there to be a resource, um, to just uh, explore what are the different, where they're at in their church planting journey, whether they're considering it, um, and kind of talking through, we can hook some, hook them up to have a conversation with someone that's been a church planter. I did that recently. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Valerie Grimes is one of our church planters, and so I'd connected her with someone that's exploring it, that's on the front end. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so it's just more about, what I love to do is just talk to folks and build relationship and um, figure out a way that I can be a connector, whatever, wherever they're at, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. Um, and I, I would say just along the same, the same note, uh, as we get ready to close out for, for everyone uh, listening and watching, is that, you know, as much as we talk about the programs and we talk about, you know, church planning and, you know, seminary and everything, we want you to know um, that we're, we are here for you. 
You know, mm -hmm. this is part of, uh, you know, our passion uh, in life and for the kingdom of God. And so mm -hmm. one of the biggest things for us is that you would uh, be able to get in touch with us and know that, um, you know, it's not just about submitting your applications online or, mm -hmm. you know, seeing different articles and different things, um, but there's real people who work here <laughs> <laughs> and you can get in touch with us. And we also have um, years of church experience and life in the church. Um, and if we don't know something, we'll connect you with somebody right. um, who does know that. And I and, and appreciate, Jennifer, you saying that. Um, and so uh, just, you know, as we close out, uh, I think one of the biggest things we want for you all to know uh, is just we're praying for you. Uh, we care for you guys, all the church leaders all over the world. And, uh, and we are excited for our new director who, by the next episode, we're hoping the yes. next episode will be welcoming our new director. And so we hope you've enjoyed um, this summer bonus episode of the Church Planning Conversations podcast. Uh, Jennifer, thank you for joining me on this episode. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs>